the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Monday afternoon, and it is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is racking, racking, rocking Ryan McIntyre. I guess I'm just going to give you a nickname today, uh, <laughs> if all things are considered. I'm Rod Via Gomez. Ryan, rocking Ryan. Welcome to the show again. Well, I appreciate the intro, Rod. And, you know, I wish I could be Matt Rule because I wish I could get paid $42 million to be fired on the spot. Uh, he is a gentleman. He is a true gentleman. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been fired with such grace before in any. Well, I've never been fired before, period. But I don't know that I'll ever be fired with that much grace before. Uh, well, yeah, what a weekend, man. What an absolutely crazy weekend. Matt Rule, 42. He's going to keep it all, yeah? I think so. Oh I think God. so. So yeah, I think he. Uh, they they said we're gonna, we're going to go in a different direction, and he said, "Okay, which store do you want me to walk out? Uh, you could pay uh, my forty two million in cash if you want." I mean, look, I'll I'll take Target <laughs> gift cards. I mean, at this point, I don't care. Just give me forty two mil. I'm I'm out the door, and I'll watch your Panthers go hinds up how the rest of the season. It's just, uh, I mean, you know, I I never call for head coaches' jobs. Like I don't. Yeah, but. At the same time, this is a business in which you need to win games, and the Panthers weren't doing it, and they weren't doing it with whatever quarterback was there. Christian McCaffrey couldn't tip the scales enough when he came back, so, like, what do you do? I guess you got to move in a different direction, yeah? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously disappointing. One and four start. Uh, the stat floating out there for us guys that like to gamble on these games is when their opponent scored more than 17 points, he was one in 27. So hard to win a game if you if you give up 17 points and it's an automatic loss so 11 and 27 in two and a half years in Carolina so it definitely was a time for change with management so in fairness to rule though he never had really had a quarterback it started with who Teddy Bridgewater then it was Darnold then it was Cam Newton 2.0 then it was Baker Mayfield back to PJ Walker so it was musical chairs at the quarterback position but that's still, I mean, you're seeing it with Brian Dayball in New York. It's, he, he's not doing any of these coaches' favors that are on the hot seat. Indeed they are. Well, speaking of coaches on the hot seat, this is, of course, our recap show where we take a look at all of the action that happened on Sunday in the NFL. Obviously, it's Monday afternoon. The Chiefs have yet to take on the Raiders, uh, but we will break down all of the Sunday action for you, and then we'll look ahead to Week 7 in the NFL. I know that Ryan always keeps track of how we did uh, in our two-week forecast, so we'll definitely look ahead for that when we start talking about week seven. Um, I feel like we did pretty good. I, I don't know, Ryan Spoiler, did we do all right in our look-aheads? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll recap it once we get to that segment, but we definitely gave out three or four that lines moved in our favor after that, so we got a good, we got the best of the number, as they say. I'm telling you, man, this is why you listen to the Look Ahead show because it's not that we're just looking back, but we're trying to give you good bets moving forward. So 
Uh, all right, but let's take a look back at the action from yesterday, and let's even go back farther into Thursday. Into uh, Ryan, what arguably, if you believe Twitter and if you believe social media, this was the single worst game in the entire history of the NFL as the Broncos <laughs> played host to the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts won in a touchdownless game, twelve to nine against the Broncos. Anytime touchdown betters, Ryan ripping up their tickets in absolute disgust. What a shitty game to keep it simple. <laughs> um, yeah, Mr. Unlimited is very limited right now in Denver. These Broncos are not a good football team right now, and neither are the Colts. But, I mean, if you're a Colts fan, you walk out with the road wing, you're 2-2-1, two, two and one, going back home. But, I mean, big question marks in Denver. They moved to 1-4 and four against the spread this year. That offense is not in sync with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I don't – that interception was so bad at the end of regulation where all he had to do was kick a field goal and they go up six and they're going to win the game because, like you said, nobody scored a touchdown. So, I mean, you go up six with a minute, that's like a 20-point lead at that point in that game. So, Russell, Russ was awful. He's not he's not cooking in Denver right now. Well, if he is cooking, he's cooking with Sterno and not necessarily an <laughs> open flight. Like, he's cooking old-school Army way where it takes 20 minutes to heat up a 30-second uh, cup of tea. So, yeah, it, it's really a slow burn over there in Denver. The warning signals are, are went off in, in the first couple of weeks in Denver. Now they've got to be blaring at this point because you heard the booze. I mean, you heard the absolute disgust with what was going on in the field in Denver. And for Indianapolis to come into Mile High and walk away with the three-point win, I mean, that's embarrassing. Obviously, Denver, three-point favorites in that. Uh, so this was a push unless you got three-and-a-half out of Indianapolis. Uh, so, and, and whatever uh, over under doesn't even matter at this point. It was under everything. It was in fact under most people's scores for, uh, the whole rest of the week, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you said it right. As far as being one and four against the spread, I don't know that you can trust Denver at all going forward from here on out. No, I don't see how you can get behind this team. I mean, both these teams, I mean, Denver is only averaging 15 points a game, Indy 14 points a game, and it was just another primetime under that cash, and it wasn't even close to not cashing either. I mean, they went to, they played a whole another period, and it still went way under on a game that even everybody said, hey, that's a low total, and it still was not low enough. But you're right. I mean, you can't get behind this Denver team. They're so inconsistent. Even when they win, it's like 11 to 10 or 16 to 13. It's just ugly right now in Denver. Five quarters, and you still couldn't reach an over. Uh, you can even get over 25 to combined. That's the sad part of it all. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, we won't rehash that game. If you want more rehashing, the boys over in the main channel uh, have done enough to cover this game. We'll, we'll just say that it was junk, and we're sorry if you bet on it and lost because many a bet was lost on, on this game uh, at all. So, all right, let's move our attention to Sunday morning across the pond. This one was a nice one to wake up to, right? It was the New York Giants taking on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay officially listed as the home team. Obviously, both were on the road over there in the U.K. But the Giants stealing one from the Packers. Aaron Rodgers' sad face may be just the newest uh, hit meme to hit social media if ever there was one because uh, he's not happy. 27-22 was the score. <laughs> We talked about the Giants being huge underdogs, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And and the simple fact of the matter is, obviously, they covered a double-digit spread in some cases. They were 10-point favorites, or underdogs, rather, the Giants, and came out and just laid the wood 
to the Packers. Ryan, what is Aaron Rodgers just uh, regretting his decision to stay in Green Bay? You know, this was the stunner of the week for me. These games, it seems like Green Bay against these an inferior opponent, they always find a way to win the game. They never they never lose these games outright. So I was stunned by this, especially going up twenty to ten at half and then not scoring for the whole second half. It felt like offensively it was either boom or bust. Like they weren't taking the underneath stuff like they did in the first half, running the they got away from the running attack with Jones and Dylan and just trying to hit home runs instead of singles and doubles. And then you gotta give the Giants credit. I mean, the Packers stacked the box, said, Hey, Dan Jones, you gotta beat us. And he beat him with his legs, surprisingly, even though he came into the game with an injury. And it it kind of was a surprise that he even played, yet alone played well. And uh Barkley couple big runs late and a couple big fourth down conversions. You got to give Dayball and this group credit, man. They're they're playing well, and they, that defensive line gave the Packers fits, and, and they bothered Rodgers in the second half, I thought. Saquon Barkley, I'm sorry uh, for ever doubting this guy. He looks so stout right now, I, and, and whatever injury he had, it just does not seem to be bothering him whatsoever, and, and now – at four and one, Ryan, I, I almost feel like this just makes the Giants that much more deadly and, and more dangerous going forward. Yeah, I mean I've I'm on record saying going into the week I thought they were the biggest fluke three and one team. <laughs> I'm sure Kramer liked that too. He's gonna throw it right back <laughs> in my face. But uh yeah, this validates her four and one record in my opinion. You go to London, beat the Packers on a neutral field. I mean, that's that's not like beating the Bears or the Panthers anymore. I mean, you beat a real playoff contender now. Well, look, when you're a three and one team facing another three and one team and you're a double digit dog, I mean, it just that's a lot of disrespect to get over at that point. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the Giants did a fantastic job of just going out there and playing gritty football, especially in the second half, like you said. And, and really, you know, it, it just makes them some somebody to pay attention to in the future. You definitely can't just count them out now because um, they've proven that they, they can put together and, and win ugly games and win good games. You know, they, they won the ugly game uh, a couple weeks back, and now they're a strong win here. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if I'm going to anoint them as the Super Bowl contenders that uh, uh, our, our man Kramer would like to think they are. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they've got some potential. Let's put it that way. How about the Eagles and Giants both being a combined nine and one for that station? So there, they, that station is on cloud nine right now. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if there's any more uh, bravado that can be had uh, over there <laughs> in that in that studio uh, with those two guys locking horns with their teams. Um, that's right. Niners are doing pretty well myself, so I can't complain. But uh, we'll get there. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's step away, take a break, and we'll actually get to the actual morning games. Uh, like I said, this was our amouche bouge, as it were, our, our pre-breakfast breakfast uh, before we got into the good stuff. So uh, let's step away real quick, and we'll come back and break down the rest of the morning games for you. But before we do, let me ask you, you thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And if you're looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000. Plus, they got a free $1,000 bet 
WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. So much to choose from, and all you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older present. The state replay through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, like I said, we roll on with the morning games uh, the normal scheduled slate of morning games. It was the Seattle Seahawks taking on the New Orleans, I'm sorry, the Taysom Hill Saints, uh, and Seattle uh, not winning this one. This was a shootout that I don't know that any of us could have expected to happen. New Orleans 39, Seattle 32. Uh, New Orleans was the five-point favorite in this game, so they were home favorites, covered that spread against Seattle. Um, but I guess the story here obviously, is Taysom Hill, and the Taysom Hill truthers now are taking, like, not just victory lap, Brian, they're taking victory laps. I think they're tired at this point. Yeah, so I thought it was a question mark when they agreed to pay him $140 million, but I will say yesterday he earned his paycheck. Four touchdowns, three on the ground, uh, one through the air, and he recovered a fumble on special teams as well. So he did a little bit of everything. This was a much-needed win for for those same, I mean, one and three coming off the London heartbreak. They needed to get back in the win column to stay in the hunt, as they say. And, I mean, they're back in it now, two and three overall, one back at Tampa in the division. On the other side, a lot of optimism for Gino still. Uh, Gino was awesome again. Five touchdowns. I mean, this Gino Smith is not a fluke anymore. I mean, this is a five-game sample size of him playing really good football. Yeah, and it's crazy because – I mean, I didn't give Geno Smith any credit going into the season. Obviously, he didn't really earn it up until that point, but he's actually looking like a solid competitor at the position. And, you know, he, he's making players around him kind of look like they're good, like they are, like Tyler Lockett, five yeah. catches, 104 yards. Even Kenneth Walker getting in the mix, eight carries, 88 yards, had that 69-yard scamper and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got a lot to be excited about now if you're a Seahawks fan. Obviously, the record's still not quite there, two and three. But if you were to told me after Russell Wilson, you'd still be two and three. And in the conversation in the NFC West, I think you would have taken that, yeah? Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, Russ and Geno, so far, Geno is by better quarterback this year. It's not even close. I mean, PFF has ranked Geno the number one quarterback through through five games now. That's a little bit of an overreaction, in my opinion. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but it's hard to it's hard to argue that he isn't playing at a top five level currently through five games. I I still think he'll regress a little bit because it long season, but there's something there with Seattle and and they they're looking like geniuses right now, getting rid of Russ when they did and when they wanted to. Yeah, well, and on the other hand, though, Andy Dalton for the Saints or for the Saints for the Saints. Uh, <laughs> Andy Dalton, Satan's, yeah, it's all the same. Uh, 1,687 and a touchdown. Uh, obviously, Taysom Hill basically uh, it, it just eclipsed him as far as popularity's sake. But look at the Red Rocket getting things done, huh? Yeah, maybe he is Satan to some teams. Maybe the Bengals by the end or the Bears. But for, I mean, Andy Dalton, I think you can make the argument that I, I don't think this is a bold take that he's more consistent and more reliable than Jameis. Jameis is kind of boomer bust. So I don't think they miss much having uh, 
the red right red rifle and a quarterback in New Orleans. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that we continue to lean on Andy Dalton. It's it's usually just pops up every once in a while. It's like, oh, team needs a quarterback. Here comes Andy Dalton. It's like I, I I'm just gonna go in there, patch the hole, and we'll be okay. Uh, so again, yeah, both teams now two and three on the season. Seattle still a little optimism there despite losing this game to New Orleans. You know, I think they got some stuff to grow on. They just ran into a Taysom Hill juggernaut, and every once in a while. There's one player that'll make a difference to you, and that's Taysom Hill. Now, this was it. This was the one good Taysom Hill game. You're done now. I mean, there, there's no other. Ta- it's like Taysom Hill is the one good game of season. Everybody jumps on his bandwagon, and then he disappears. So I think this is it, right? This is the last we'll see of him. Yeah, he's definitely boomer bust. So hopefully he finds a little bit of consistency for New Orleans' sake. But yeah, no, don't expect four Taysom Hill fantasy owner. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on to the Houston Texans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Houston Texans were seven-point underdogs going into Jacksonville. Jacksonville was looking decent up until this point, but boy, now they're starting to look like Jacksonville that, that remembers that they're Jacksonville. Uh, they fall to two and three. Houston picks up the first win of the season and now one, three, and one on the year. But uh, I guess the more important question is, uh, are we back to Jacksonville first round Jacksonville or are we back to, <laughs> or was this a hiccup man Rod for us guys that were high on Jacksonville in the NFL gambling podcast this was a blow to our uh, narrative I mean this this is a terrible loss there's no other way to put it around it I know this Houston team has been feisty under Lovey Smith at covering the number but I mean for Jacksonville I know I listen to you on the propcast all the time Rod how does James Robinson only get 10 carries I'm telling you, it's because they want ETN to be a thing. And unfortunately, it's just not that way. I mean, yeah, he looks good in spurts. Yeah, he probably is going to be a a good running back, but he's not the better of the two. He did get 10 carries for 71 yards in this game, which was good, but he had a 30-yard run in that too, so that propped up the, the number. But, you know, James Robinson... I think he deserves a lot more love on this on this squad than than he gets at this point. A hundred percent. And for Trevor Lawrence, man, that was a bad interception. Tie game late. I mean, you got to eat that ball or throw it through the, throw it into the stands. Take your three. I mean, it's a low scoring game. You cannot throw an interception there. And and the Jaguars struggled to protect Lawrence throughout the day as well. So, but I mean, shout out to Damian Pierce. Great day on the ground. Twenty six carries, ninety nine yards. I read a stat that he broke like seventeen tackles in the game. So he was awesome. He's been awesome this year for them. Yeah, I, in fact, in a dynasty league, uh, got an offer for, um, I had a first round, I had a first round pick, uh, in the rookie draft and somebody offered me something for the first round and, and I was kind of balking at it cause I, I wanted Pierce and I thought after the preseason that he had, somebody was going to take him before I got a chance to, cause I, I got relegated to like the sixth or seventh pick in that, uh, cause I got his seventh pick and then something else. But I, I said, no, I'm, I'm not really sure if I want to. He goes, well, what are we, we going to do with the first pick? I said, I'm probably going to take Damian Pierce. Uh, that, that's who I want. And the guy was like, okay, why, why should I take Pierce instead of Brees Hall? And I was like, well, because Damian Pierce, I think, is going to have blah, 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 blah. Eventually, we made the trade, and I was like, fine. If I don't get Pierce, I don't get Pierce. But he didn't take him. He took Brees, and I was like, fine, I will, I will take Brees or Damian Pierce in whatever pick I got. And so I ended up with him. So I was pretty thrilled about that. And he's been doing well for me in the RB2 slot all season long. Yeah, no, he's been very productive for Houston. And Houston likes to run the ball. I mean, they want to 
help Davis Mills out as much as they can and make him into a game manager. So running the ball, Lovey Smith's teams have always ran the ball going back to his days in uh, Chicago. Indeed. Uh, well, both of these teams really not a lot of optimism going forward for either one. So uh, in betting, in terms of betting aspects, they're not going to play each other every week, unfortunately. So we don't get the opportunity to to bet on two bad teams. Uh, but maybe that'll help us going forward when they're playing better teams than them. So, yeah, it's just it, it's a weird season for them. It really is. Jacksonville remembered they were Jacksonville by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, Houston has their number. They beat them nine in a row now. Ooh. Yeah, that'll do it, too. Um, all right, speaking of beating teams and beating them soundly, this wasn't even a game. Uh, you know, I went into this week with a prop bet that the Carolina Panthers were going to be the lowest-scoring game or lowest-scoring team in the, in the league. Obviously, one got shut out. We'll talk about that later. But this damn near came close. Buffalo, 38. Pittsburgh, 3. Uh, I mean, look, 14-point underdogs were the Steelers. That number was not high enough. So it just just goes to show that Buffalo was, first of all, pissed off. Uh, they're not getting the respect that they deserve, um, just given the fact that they, they didn't look as good to start the season, despite being 4-1. You know, they lost to Miami, and that was basically everybody said, whoa, you know, whatever, and then played a very close one against Baltimore. Well, this was the week they showed again that they are the Bills and probably should stop taking them for granted, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm pissed at myself for not locking this up. I I said all week, this is a trap line. They want you to take Pittsburgh. Everybody's showing out the Tomlin as a dog narrative. It doesn't matter with this Buffalo team. This this offense is electric with Josh Allen in the receiving core led by Stephon Diggs. You got Gabe Davis. There's rumors that they might even add Christian McCaffrey now from Carolina. If they get him, I mean, I don't know who's beating this team. This, I mean, they're they're a juggernaut, and I I'm like I said, I think it was two weeks ago. Even when they lost to Miami or lost to Miami, and then barely uh, squeaked by Baltimore, I'm gonna ride this team every single week from here on out because I think they're gonna cover seventy plus percent from here on out, even with these big numbers. I mean, two touchdowns is a huge spread. It really is, yeah. and and considering the fact that you think to yourself, ah, it's hard for teams. And you've seen it in the last few weeks that it's really, it's, it's difficult for teams to break away for, for two touchdowns, right? Unless they score 38, 40 points. And that's what they did. Exactly what they did. So Gabe Davis, like you said, the hero of the day, three catches, 171 yards uh, with that 98 yard heroic touchdown catch. One of two on the day. I mean, look, I, I, he was great for me in fantasy. I just feel like this might be his, long-awaited breakout game, even though he's already broken out several times over, but it just feels like every once in a while he needs to have another breakout game for people to say, oh, yeah, he's a receiver that's not Stephon Diggs on this team. Yeah, and honestly, the score ended up twenty or 38-3. It could have been worse. It was a name-your-score type game for Buffalo. Pittsburgh had no shot going into this game. I mean, they pinned him at the one-yard line to start the game on the opening kick, and then they give up a 99-yard touchdown. And it's like, uh, this this one's this one's going to be a route. Now, for Pittsburgh, I thought Kenny Pickett actually was okay. So it was good to see the rookie out there. Him and uh, Pickens, the rookie from Georgia, wide out. Maybe they get better. A nice little combo going forward. And, I mean, they're, they're not going to be a playoff team this year, but the, hopefully that uh, duo can – become something and in, in going into year number two next year. So it's all about in Pittsburgh getting Pickett and Pickens the reps, I think. I know game script dictated it, but 34-52, 327, lacking the touchdown through an interception. But, 
I mean, yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen uh, uh, better quarterbacks have worse numbers in bad game scripts. So, uh, yeah, hats off to to Pickett for being able to not just throw for 150 yards and four yeah. four interceptions on the day. So held his own, just could not get in the end zone for Pittsburgh. Um, they did the only thing that this game did not do, Ryan, was hit the over. <laughs> hey, Rod, let me ask you this: watching the Bills and Chiefs. Doesn't it look like they're playing like a different sport at time than everybody else? So, you know, the thing about it is what Buffalo, they have so many playmakers that, yeah, it just feels like the defenses, and especially Kansas City is the same way. These defenses, they know what's going to happen. They know that yes. Kelsey's going to get the ball. They know Diggs is going to get the ball. They know Gabe Davis is, they know Josh Allen's going to run. But it just doesn't matter what the game plan is. They can't stop it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're playing. On a complete, they're playing easy mode on Madden right now. Is really what it looks like. A hundred percent, and I can't wait for that game coming up uh, this Sunday. That that's good. Two Titans clashing, so probably going to be an AFC Championship preview. So we'll see. Easily, easily a, a championship preview. Uh, all right, one that's not going to be an NFC Championship preview is the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, although, although. Those scrappy Falcons still managed to keep it close. They definitely uh, covered their 10-point spread, 10.5 if you found it somewhere else. Uh, but it was Tampa coming away with the 21-15 uh, win. And, you know, Atlanta actually had the opportunity, right, to actually make this game even more interesting. 15 points in the fourth quarter. All their points came in the fourth quarter. And uh, and really, again, I don't know what happened to the Tampa Bay defense in the in the fourth quarter, but... They basically may have put their controllers down and walked away and thought, oh, we got this. Uh, but Atlanta said, no, sir, we are going to uh, to make it a game. So, yeah, uh, I obviously Atlanta's two and three, Tampa's three and two. It's kind of who we thought they were going to be. But um, Atlanta's scrappy, and that's going to stay that way. Yeah, so the Eagles are five and oh overall, but the Falcons are the only undefeated against the spread team. So shout out to the Falcons for us D-Gens, five and oh on the year. And honestly, they probably should have had a chance to win that win this game outright. That roughing the passer call on Tom Brady was an embarrassment. I mean, that's that might be the worst call of the season. Officiating's already not very good this year, up and down. But I mean, that call that was a whole different level. And and this is Tom Brady we're talking about. He gets every call already. That might have been the softest call I've seen that went Brady's way. So, be better NFL. That's the bottom line. I saw a call like that today in a CFL game. Uh, it was it's Thanksgiving Monday, by the way. So a happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there in Canada. I forgot to forgot to wish <laughs> you a, a happy Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, and their their Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah, one of their quarterbacks basically just was rolled over and and not even. I mean, the guy didn't even toss him to the ground. And 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 it the momentum of the quarterback carried him onto the ground. And the defender just so happened to have his arm around him when it looked, you know, when it did that. I, I don't know anymore either. So you're right. That that was a pivotal moment in that game. And Tom Brady should probably just kind of be ashamed for, for getting that call. Yeah, and then he tried to kick the guy too. So it's like, yeah. It, it, yeah, classic Brady. But, you know, Brady, he finds what he doesn't care. He found a way to win, whether he's got his wife or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Brady. Um, all right. Well, that's a that's a good uh, point to, to stop on for the time being. Uh, we won't kick that while it's uh, down. We'll just step away for a quick break 
<laughs> and come back and break down some more games for you on that Sunday slate. But let's tell you that if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus. Get four games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Go watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR+. Plus. No contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. I'm giving you a ton of numbers, a ton of stats, and a ton of lines, and I'm getting all of those right now from one tab. That tab, oddstrader.com. It is the place to compare odds from all the major sportsbooks. Plus, you can compare the different sign-up codes from promotions and sportsbooks to get the best deal. Gives you player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day, weather even makes you the most informed better in the entire world. Plus, it's got a bet tracker so you can keep records of all your games and betting activity. If you want all of that right now and more for sports that you probably didn't even know you could bet on, go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, it's the number one site for all of your game day bets. All right, let us move now to a game that was probably more interesting than it probably should have been. Uh, and there was a lot of games like that over the course of this week four slate. That is, or week five slate, rather. That is the Minnesota Vikings playing host to the Chicago Bears. Minnesota squeaks away with this one, 29-22, to improve to 4-1 and one on the season. Chicago uh, manages to cover their 8.5-point spread. They are now 2-3 and three on the season. Uh, but once again, Chicago covering this, and Minnesota Barely coming away. Chicago, once again, like we talked about making things interesting, Atlanta did. Chicago made this very interesting as well uh, against Minnesota, who probably should have just won this one going away, right? Well, it looked like they were going to. They go up 21-3, to and then typical Minnesota Vikings fashion, we can't win this game by three, three scores. So, of course, they got to make it into a game, and their trend of only playing in one-score games continues. I mean... They're four and one overall, but one and four ATS. This team, for some reason, always plays down to their competition with the Bears and Lions. It's always a dogfight. Uh, I know uh, Justin Mark, my other co-host on our Thursday show, was heartbroken because he he had the Bears on the money line. I know everybody's surprised about that, uh, but they had a chance to win, and they got a questionable holding call called back on uh, Justin Fields' fifty-yard run. That if it doesn't go their way, I think Chicago might have picked them off. Yeah, and, and really, that's the thing about it, too. Justin Fields was so scrappy in this game that uh, a lot of folks, obviously, were writing him off, and he's still got a lot to learn. I, I still would have preferred him over uh, Trey Lance in, in San Francisco, but you know, at the same time, he's still the lead guy, and he's going to have to do more of that if he wants to continue on. And to make the game interesting against Minnesota, you know that, that to me, was a step in the right direction, I guess, for the Bears, who have... Not had a lot to be happy about over the, the, the start of their season. So throw the Bears in with uh, the Texans and Falcons and Seahawks. It's just this bottom tier that everybody said was going to be a terrible – and throw the Giants in there as well, although the Giants are actually winning the games. But these four teams at the bottom that everybody said was the four worst teams, they're covering machines because the bottom is not as bad this year in the NFL as it has been in the past. And the top, other than the Bills and Chiefs, is not as high up this year. 
Well, like I said, we've been we've seen a lot of closer games this year than I think we've seen in a while because it just seems like they're they're gain, the games are getting so much closer and the teams are playing a little bit better each and every week and we've we're seeing that now with a lot of the close one score games or even just just outside of one score games it's it's very mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's been interesting although this one went over the forty four points so. Uh, definitely happy if you were the overbetter on this game. Although I don't know how many overbetters there were on Chicago, Minnesota. You also were happy if you were a uh, Justin Jefferson fantasy owner. Twelve catches for one fifty-four, nine first downs. I mean, he he was a machine. So they got him back cooking in that offense, and Dalvin Cook was solid as well. So good balance in Minnesota, but they got to find some consistency. They can't be blowing twenty-one to three. Uh, leads against good teams or otherwise they'll lose well and that's what I'm saying like it almost feels like whatever the underdog is at this point you just go ahead and take those points because uh, you know that they're probably going to end up not not covering their end of it and and letting the underdog catch up so um, yeah keep an eye on that especially going forward Uh, all right Ryan I, I give you the option you can sit this one out, or we can break this one down. Uh, I wonder which game this is. This is the Tennessee <laughs> Titans taking on the Washington Commanders. Tennessee now three and two. Washington one and four. Like, I mean, I know I picked this. I know I picked Tennessee to be the dog in this one, uh, Ryan. So you know, I, I don't know. I, I know you disowned me right off the bat, which was okay. Uh, but you know, <laughs> look, Tennessee did what they needed to do and Washington obviously got winced. So yeah, right before the game kicked off, Rod sent me his lock dog and tease for the graphic that we tweet Sunday. So go follow Twitter where your lock dog and tease is. Yeah. Tennessee is his lock. And I texted him back simply traitor. So <laughs> he, uh, you gave me back going into the game, but I can't blame you for uh, fading Washington. Now, I'll give you the micro and macro of the issues in Washington. Micro, they're one and four. They suck. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They've lost four in a row. They haven't covered in four weeks since week number one. The macro, this is year number three for Ron Rivera. You're supposed to be taking steps forward. Instead, it seems like two steps back. You don't have a quarterback. And you just look up in, in the division, Brian Dable in New York. I mean, they're in year one, he's four and one with Daniel Jones, and it, Ron's struggling with Carson Wentz. Ugh, Carson Wentz. I mean, I don't know what it is, but just now, and then that's what it was, too. The question was, what's stopping you? What's the answer? Quarterback. <laughs> like, yeah. That, the long and the short of it is that. And, I mean, like, you thought he'd be an upgrade over Heineke? Clearly not. I mean, they won game. They fought, fought for Heineke, and it seems like this team just isn't going anywhere. It's just another lost season in the nation's capital much to which we're used to seeing here. Well, in that, Tennessee did cover their spread. It was a one point or a pick depending on where you were at. Uh, the under definitely hitting on this one as well. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, Ryan, but Washington going forward may not be a team you want to put any sort of money on uh, unless you're going to pick the other side of it. You know, they over the last 20 years, they've been the most profitable team to bet against. So that trend is really enough talking about Washington let's go over to Tennessee what'd you make of the Titans I mean winners of three in a row after falling 0 two it seems like Vrabel Derrick Henry they just they find ways to get it done and it's never pretty but they get it done when you give Derrick Henry 28 carries good things happen I know he only got 102 yards on it instead of 
6,000 yards on his carries, uh, but he did get two touchdowns on the day. Tannehill throwing up a Tannehill number, 15 to 25 for 181 yards and a touchdown. That's all you ever need from Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. A 95 uh, quarterback rating, you don't need much else. If you put it in Derrick Henry's hands, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. Uh, and so that's the recipe for success. If they can continue that going forward, if they can grind teams into the ground and, and win these low-scoring games, then Tennessee is going to continue to be good. But are they good enough to beat the Bills, to beat the Chiefs? That That's really the question. Yeah, I think ceiling is, is they win the division. Maybe they win that first-round playoff game, but I, I don't see them getting past that. The, the floor, obviously, is let's say Henry gets hurt again somehow like last year, and they got to rely more on Tannehill, and they miss the playoffs. So, I mean, this team is so limited. But, you know, one thing that Tennessee fans can be confident in, Variable is going to get every ounce of that talent that he's going to get out of uh, going forward. I mean, they're going to win as many games as possible. Indeed. And again, with a guy like Derrick Henry, it just doesn't take much. Just put the ball in his hands and let him do what he does, and, and you're good to go. So Yep. Um, all right, listen, a team that was very profitable at bet against for years all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and threw 40 points against the Miami Dolphins. And that's the all of a sudden 3-2 and two New York Jets playing at home against Miami. Obviously, we know Miami's still hampered by the fact that they have no Tua, but um, now the Jets win 40. Fo- Hold on, I'm sorry. That was a misprint. No, that wasn't. 40-17 to 17 <laughs> over Miami. I, Ryan, this is like... This is backward city. So the Giants and Jets both rolling. What is going on right now in New York? What's in the water up there? But uh, yeah, man, this Jets team, they're getting better and better. Good young core. The first time in the Sala era that they've won back-to-back games. They're 2-0 and with Zach Wilson back at quarterback. They're playing well. I mean, they're they're feisty. They're, they're confident. They're playing for their coach. On the other side of things, Miami... It seems like it's going in the wrong direction, and hopefully, for their sake, they can right the ship. They got to get Tua back. I mean, a tough break having Teddy Bridgewater, the backup, go down like the third play of the game, and it, it was just a bad spot for them, especially with Bridgewater going down. It was. I mean, obviously, this hit the over as well. I didn't know that it would even come close. Uh, with obviously Miami being hampered by no quarterback and the Jets being the Jets, but you're right. I mean, this was a game in which. New York just decided to come out and say, you know what? No, we're done. We're done being the laughingstock. Uh, even though Zach Wilson threw for no touchdowns, uh, Brees Hall, 18 carries, 97 yards, looked good, actually. Uh, two yes, catches for 100 yards with that 79-yard catch. All of a sudden, Brees Hall, this was his coming out party, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, they got a good young core there with uh, Hall, obviously Zach Wilson being the second pick last year on the outside with Garrett Wilson. A lot to look forward to in New York right now. I mean, I, I can't believe we're saying this. They're three and two, and uh, got a big one this this upcoming week to keep it rolling to make it three in a row. Well, and I don't know, man. This is still hard for me to to admit that I want to bet on the Jets. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see if I feel like it at the time because it's just a tough. <laughs> it's just a tough go, man. Yeah, they've gone through quite the downward spiral, but it seems like the better days are ahead in New York now. Very much could be. Um, speaking of better days ahead, I, I, Cleveland issues aside, we'll just talk about this game this last week where the Chargers eked out 
despite gigantic games from just about every L.A. Chargers offensive uh, player, they eked out a two-point win against the home Cleveland Browns. Uh, this was about a one-and-a-half-point spread or two-and-a-half. If you found it at two-and-a-half, you were probably uh, thankful for that as far as a Cleveland better, but obviously the Chargers uh, coming away with the win as, as favorites. Uh, but 30-28 to 28 in Cleveland. Chargers got a huge day out of Austin Eckler. Uh, 16 carries, 173 yards, and a touchdown. But again, <laughs> they barely won this game. What does that say for the Chargers? What does that say for the Browns? Uh, I'd like to introduce somebody to Kevin Stefanski. His name is Nick Chubb. How about run the ball? Seventeen care only seventeen carries and he gets one hundred thirty four yards. That guy is a beast. He needs at least twenty five carries. Moonoff and me and Moonoff did the prop show uh, last last Friday and we both were like Nick Chubb ninety ninety and a half yards against his sauce Chargers defense. That's a lock. And I mean it was easy. He had it by halftime, but the game's on the line. They're in field goal range and they decide to set and he throws a terrible interception. It's like what. Some of these teams, man, it's like keep it simple, run the ball, just just get the win. And then on the other side, Brandon Staley with his analytics goes for it on fourth and two and get, and puts Cleveland back in the game where all they need is a first down or two to get in field goal range. I mean, it was kind of who didn't want to win the game, and I guess uh, the Browns didn't want to win the game a little more than the Chargers did. And it paid off if you were a Chargers better uh, on the money line. But, yeah, it was just a frustrating game overall for those guys because they probably wish they would have or they probably thought they should have won by a whole lot more against this Browns team. And the Browns continued to show that they are not necessarily going to lay down, uh, especially even without their, their main quarterback at the helm yet. But, yeah, with a guy like Nick Chubb, you know, two touchdowns, 134 yards. He didn't have as many yards as Austin Eckler, but... This is Nick Chubb, man. He's going to get his if you just keep feeding him. He's a beast. I mean, he really is. And then he, uh, yeah, I mean, for him only to have 17 carries, I mean, that's not enough. And and uh, Kareem Hunt was good, too. This this one-two punch, I keep saying it with the Browns. They're fun to watch. Uh, Brissett, man, I mean, bad interception. He was okay throughout the day. He's a game manager, and he needs to be treated accordingly. You don't need to be dropping him back 34 times. And yet, he had two more passing yards than did Justin Herbert, who we've said from the jump that Justin Herbert is the quarterback that's going to kill every other quarterback. And yet, here we are, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett, hanging tight with Justin Herbert. The only thing that he had different was an interception. Uh, they both had touchdowns, but yeah, it was, what a day. And, and yeah, and so it was one, one completion less for Brissett. Here's the numbers. Just let me break down. 22 of 34 Crazy. for a touchdown for Herbert. 21 of 34 for 230 for Brissett. So, yeah, it is nuts. All right, let us move on to Detroit, where I think our love for the Lions may have just come to a, a screeching halt. Uh, the hard knocks narrative is done. The Detroit Lions are now back to Detroit Lions at 1-4. and four. They get shut out by the New England Patriots, who improve to 2-3. and three. Obviously, the Patriots covering their three-point spread, but... I don't know, Ryan. The luck may have run out. The, the goodwill may have run out on these Detroit Lions. So, uh, I'm Ryan talking about this. For the Lions with Dan Campbell, how are you going to pride yourself on being tougher than everybody? We're going to outwork you, but you have the worst defense in the NFL. That doesn't add up. And, like, for, for the Lions to be one and four 
and the issue not be Jared Goff is nuts to think about. I mean, I, I, I didn't see this coming with this Lions defense being this bad. For New England, big win. Uh, got the running game going with Stevenson. 6.4 yards of carry went for 160 yards. That's who they're going to have to be going for. They got to run the ball with Stevenson and Harris to set up play action to help these quarterbacks out because it's still not a dynamic offense at all. Zappi did a good job. Mac Jones will be back. It sounds like in a couple weeks. So they got it, but the blueprints there. They got to run. They got to run the ball to set up the pass. And again, it's just mind-boggling that we were talking about Detroit being surprising in in the beginning of the season. First couple of games, they obviously came out on fire. We were like, ah, man, this Detroit team has got something for them. Uh, the Detroit team is not. Uh, they run out. It, it's done. Like I think the fire is is sort of put out now. They're realizing that it's going to be an, uh, an uphill battle for the rest of the year. And I don't know that they've got the guns to keep up now, now that they're deflated. No, and this really was, uh, if you're a big Dan Campbell guy, this was a big blow to the Dan Campbell is a great coach narrative. I mean, now in year two, he's what, 4-18. and 18. At some point, you got to start winning some actual games and not all these moral victories. Yeah, moral victories, we're done. It's time now to put up some numbers and they're going to just it's, again it's going to be one of those may have to pick the team against Detroit for the rest of the season uh if it continues going Agreed. forward um speaking of picking teams going against uh Carolina they're another one in four team that had high hopes coming into the year you have Baker Mayfield you got Christian McCaffrey but you lose at home to San Francisco 37 to 15 Ryan San Francisco's first drive all but set the tone seven plays 75 yards just striking down the field yeah Carolina you know kind of tightened things up after that but then the wheels fell off yeah and honestly it says how bad Carolina because I thought after that first drive San Francisco offensively was extremely conservative they basically were saying we're not going to lose this game we may only win by three or six but we're, we're going to save some stuff in the playbook be very conservative just run the ball and Carolina's that like they, they were daring Baker to make a mistake. They said, "We don't think you. We got our seven zero lead. We're going to make you beat us now." And Baker did what Baker did. I mean, he threw it right to him at the end of the half. I know Scott was on that for his lock of the week. That but anytime Baker interception and boy did it cash. I mean, that was atrocious. And then this is the end of the Matt Rule era, as we touched on in the beginning of the show. So happy trails, Matt Rule, thirty two million dollars to. Uh, Sit and watch NFL Red Zone with us, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then second game. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. I would have, I would have totally made that different call. Uh, yeah, again, I mean, this is San Francisco now improving to three and two. Carolina at one and four. I mean, San Francisco is going to be a very interesting team uh, moving forward, especially if they can keep running the ball with Jeff Wilson. Uh, George Kittle looked good again, uh, finally for for San Francisco fans and me personally. Love watching George yep. Kittle get first downs because that's just what he does. So, yeah, I mean, keep an eye out, man. The West is now San Francisco's. Every other team in the West, gone. Uh, up to and including who we'll talk about next. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the West now for, for San Francisco. And they just, for Carolina, eh, I mean, they didn't even cover their six-point spread, obviously. And, and the over hit on this, but only because San Francisco kind of uh, did it by themselves, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it's interesting. San Francisco seems to be getting a little bit of momentum. I mean, I think you we both agree. I know it's your team, but from an unbiased uh, point of view, they're really good. I mean, 
this roster is loaded. They got to get healthy with Trent Williams, obviously, but this team is as good as anybody in the NFC when they're all fully healthy with Jimmy G back at quarterback and Kyle Shanahan leading the way. So watch out. The Niners are back. And this is what I said. This is exactly what I said to start the season. I love me Trey Lance as much as anybody else does. I really do think he's a good quarterback. I'm not, I don't, I wish that we would have taken uh, Justin Fields, like I said, Mm -hmm. still go on record as that. But by the same token, Jimmy gives you the best chance to win now. Like Trey's still not ready, not ready. And, And even though he's injured, I get it, I understand, but he wasn't ready. Like he wasn't ready to take this team by himself yet. And the fact that they rushed him in, whatever, Jimmy's going to get us to the playoffs, and then we're going to lose. That's just the way it is for San Francisco. I get that. I've already taken that under consideration. But I'm going to love what I see out of it in the meantime. Uh, So I'll do that. In fact, speaking of loving what you see in the meantime, Philadelphia hanging on for a three-point win over the Arizona Cardinals to stay undefeated 5-0. The Cardinals did cover their spread. Uh, It was five points or five and a half, depending on where you found it. Uh, But a home loss for Arizona they are now two and three, and Philly, like we said, still undefeated. Fly Eagles, fly, huh? I, you know, did Kyler Murray lose the bet to wear that suit into the game? Did you see that suit he was wearing? The all neon like jumpsuit, like that. He was wearing Eagles colors. I don't know what that was. Maybe he lost a Call of Duty bet or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eagles find a way to get a road win, much needed. I know Sean was at the game, so he was fired up. The Eagles, a little bit of concerns, I think, with their second-half offense in the last couple weeks. It seems like they get a lead, they get complacent. I don't know if it's, hey, we don't want to get guys injured, but a little bit of a red flag there. Same old song and dance for the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, man. They need they need uh, DeAndre Hopkins back bad. No explosive plays. It's kind of, hey, just let Kyler drop back and see what happens. It's It's an ugly team. It really is, and it just doesn't look like it's getting any stronger. And even with Green back, I don't know. I mean, this could be out of out of the realm of their their power by the time he does get back. And it's it's not it's not very long, right? I mean, it's only a couple more weeks, right? Six six games is is what he's out, or was it eight? I believe so. So he should be back in the next couple weeks. Yeah. So, but even still, I, like I said, I don't know. This may be out of out of range for them. Uh, just just from a a morale standpoint at this point. So. When you're dropping games like that, it's it's difficult. The Eagles, on the other hand, I mean, look, you win game, you win games. Like it doesn't matter how it happens, you just win games. That's what you're there to do. Um, I think it, it's safe to say that they're going to continue to do that until until they're stopped. If that's hashtag analysis for you, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Philly's Philly's on a roll, and it's just tough to to go against them at this point. No, depends on the spread, obviously, because they're still winning some close ones. But yeah. Uh, there's really not much you can say about Philly that hasn't already been said uh, so far this season, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the showdown next Sunday in the NFC East. Dallas and Philly are going to link up for the first time, so that's that's going to be quite the matchup. I mean, Dallas had their number last year, so we'll see how Philly and Dallas match up on this side, especially with Cooper Rush playing the way he is with that Dallas team. Speaking of Cooper Rush, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about them right now as they went into L.A., beat the star-studded Rams. Now Dallas all of a sudden is 4-1, and one, and the Rams are 2-3. and three. The defending Super Bowl champions cannot be on the other side of 500. Dallas beats them 22-10. to 10. Uh, They were underdogs coming into this one at 5.5 points or somewhere around there, obviously covering that spread, and, uh, and really just sending a message to the league that Cooper Rush... 
is for real. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy because after week one, we both were like, this team is done. They suck. What do they do? They run off four in a row with the backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. I mean, he, statistically, he was very limited, I guess, 10 to 16 for 102, but he did his job. He handed the ball off to uh, Pollard. I don't know why Zeke is still getting 14 more carries than Tony Pollard, but you can ask Jerry Jones that. But anyway, I mean, we know what this Cowboys defense is. It's a really good defense led by a really good pass rush with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence in that front. They're as good as anybody defensively in the in the NFC and even the NFL. Let me ask you this, Rod. From what you've seen from Dallas lately, I can't believe I'm even proposing this question. Are they one? Are they the best team in the NFC right now? Uh, no. I, I wish that I could say that they were because it would be great. It would be great, <laughs> but no, they're not. They're, they're, they're really holding their own. I will, I will give them that much. They are holding their own, and they're doing it against teams that they shouldn't be. So I, I, do, yeah. I do give them that much, but I don't think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I, I mean, if anything, I would give that still to Philly with my Niners as a close second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, Dallas is doing good. I can't take that away from them, but I don't think they're the best yeah. team in in the NFC right now. Um, now they would probably beg to differ, obviously, but uh, but yeah, I, I it, it, it's going to be interesting with Dallas and Philly on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be. I think their Super Bowl, if if we're being yeah. honest, because this is if if Cooper Rush can fend off the the Philadelphia Eagles, there will be much much rejoicing in Dallas uh, if that happens. So if that happens, what did they do with Dak? That's the million dollar question right there. Oh, you gotta keep Dak. I mean, that's that's a. <laughs> I mean, as much as we think that that's a silly question, it kind of is. A, a, yeah, it doesn't feel like a silly question when you think about it. I know. <laughs> you're it's winning, crazy. Right? <laughs> Winning's the name because we game. all. Yeah, we all agree that Dak's better, but man, that mojo right now in da- in Big D with Cooper Rush, it's like man. Well, how much longer is Dak out? I mean, it's it's. A few more weeks at least, right? Or no, I think he might be back on Sunday against the Eagles. But do you put him back in right away? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, maybe I maybe it is a few more weeks, right? I mean, I <laughs> I put that in air quotes. Maybe like, oh, there was a setback in in Dak's uh, recovery. It's going to take another week or two uh, to get him back in the lineup. <laughs> Ask Jerry Jones. I'm sure he'll have a press conference on it. <laughs> Weird. I don't know how that metal bat hit that knee. I don't. I don't know. It's it's strange. Uh, well, that well, that happened in uh or L.A. last year with Tyrod the the injury that got Herbert two years ago. Yeah, same situation here. Punctured lung accidentally. I don't know what happened. That needle was Oop. just too close to his <laughs> lung. I don't get it. Uh, speaking of puncturing things, uh, Baltimore punctured Cincinnati's hopes at actually winning this game. What a finish to that game as uh, Baltimore hangs on for the home win, 19-17. Uh, to 17. But Cincinnati does cover uh, despite the fact that it was a, a two-point win for the Baltimore Ravens. So obviously Baltimore on the money line, but Cincinnati covers the three-point uh, three spread here. Baltimore three and two, Cincinnati two and three. Uh, Baltimore did everything they could to lose this game, uh, but ended up winning in the end thanks to Justin Tucker, as always. That that solid leg of his, but yeah, I mean, what a crazy, crazy AFC uh, North division, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And was there any doubt that that kick wasn't going in? I mean, that guy. 
it, it's not if he's going to make it or miss it. It's whether, hey, it's going to go down the middle or just an inch to the right or left of down the middle. That guy is as automatic as they come. Makes a 58-yarder earlier in the quarter, too. I mean, for the Ravens, big win. They needed this. They needed to protect home field. And for the Bengals, I have a theory on why them and some other teams are struggling offensively is more and more defenses are copying what teams did against Kansas City, just playing this cover two, two high safeties, keep it in front, make them beat you with 15, 16 play drives of 80, 80, 85 yards. They're basically saying, we don't think you have the discipline to dink and dunk your way down because you want to throw the ball over the top to Jamar Chase and last year Tyreek Hill. So I think that's why Cincinnati's offense hasn't popped off yet. Well, and when Hayden Hurst is your leading receiver with six catches for 53 yards, that says a lot about the game plan around Mm -hmm. T. Higgins, around Jamar Chase. Like that, when you can't get anybody else going but Hayden Hurst, that's when you're in trouble. (laughs) Yes. No, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, no, but here's the thing about this game. Obviously, the un, the the over did not hit as many people were predicting as I actually thought. Uh, I, I don't remember if I picked the over or the under on this one. I, I have to go back through my records and look because um, this was one where I, I had feelings that this was going to go under because both of these defenses were actually a lot better than, than advertised. And I know their offenses get all the glory, but um, by the same token, it wasn't necessarily in that range. Um, but yeah, again, this was a game where both of these quarterbacks know each other very well being in the same division. Uh, but everybody just knows that Lamar Jackson tends to step it up when things, uh, get crazy. He was the leading rusher in this 12 carries, 58 yards on the ground. Uh, but Mark Andrews, eight catches, 89 yards, a touchdown. He's still Mark Andrews. Yes, no, and he's the he's Lamar's go-to guy. The the Ravens still a little bit struggling with consistency. Same with Cincinnati. Both teams have they look really really good for a drive or two, and then they kind of just get complacent. So both teams looking forward, just get a little more consistent. I think. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's do this. Uh, it is time to look ahead now. Ryan, to week seven in the NFL. Some of these early lines that we want to jump on. And I'll tell you, I'll start right now. I'll go ahead and start uh, because there's one that we've harped on every single week. And yet again, this line gives us the opportunity to do it. That is Atlanta and Cincinnati. Atlanta coming in at nine and a half point underdogs. I'll take it. I'll take it at this point. We've talked about how great they are against uh, the spread and how good they are at covering. So, we just saw what happened to Cincinnati this last weekend, uh, and we know that they can be had. They know that the the spreads can be covered against them. So I like Atlanta plus nine and a half against Cincinnati, even at home. No, I'm with you on that one. I like that one a lot as well. To recap, last week we gave out Jacksonville plus seven and a half. They're down to plus two, so five and a half value. We gave out Atlanta plus seven and a half. They're down to plus five and a half against San Fran. And we gave out the Eagles as well. They were pick them against Dallas. Now they're minus five. And the last one that you gave out was Tampa Bay, minus five and a half in Pittsburgh. They're up to minus eight. So four straight values for us that we gave out on the look ahead. So I like your uh, idea of backing the Falcons once again. They're a covering machine. And I'm going to give out Tampa again. They're currently laying five and a half against Carolina. That number's way too short, in my opinion. I think they'll go off as an eight, nine point favor against these Carolina Panthers that seem like they're going nowhere. 
Yeah, that's actually pretty crazy. Um, let me give out another one, and that's Tennessee at minus one. Uh, I think Stole that, it right from me. Uh, I like yes, it. I love it. I'm glad. Uh, I don't think this is going to stay at minus one for very long. I think that they're probably going to end up giving Tennessee uh, at least another four or five points onto this and mm-hmm. maybe even six-point favorites by the end of the, the time that it's uh, – remember, these are all for week seven. These aren't for week six. These are for week seven. We're trying to give you lines now to jump on before they shift. Yeah. No, I'm, I I like that one as well. Like I said, I, I was looking right at that one. They – They've already beaten Indianapolis this year, so they're definitely going to go off as a three, four-point favorite. No doubt about that. Uh, For the final one, for me, I'm going to give out Green Bay, minus three and a half. I know they just lost to the Giants, but, I mean, I've seen my team play enough. Green Bay should be favored by more than three and a half. So I think that one will close around six, seven points. How about you? I was going to ask you, do you think this is a six and a half or a a seven and a half point uh, shift by the end of it? I'm going to go six and a half. I think they'll bait people to take Green Bay. Uh, Washington traditionally has played Green Bay tough for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers just sleepwalks through that game. But uh, I still, if it's three and a half, I easily lay three and a half with Green Bay. Although I do want to throw one more out at you, just just because I want to see what you think about this one. The Giants four and one are one mm-hmm. point or one and a half point underdogs to the Jaguars at home. This has got to be a trap. I mean, I I definitely want to take the Giants on this one, right, as underdogs, because they may not they may not stay that way by the end of this. I saw that too. Um, I would say I was thinking about them, and then I'm like, that one does seem like a trap. I think the Giants though could be favorites though before that game starts. So from a pure value standpoint, yeah, the Giants plus one and a half in Jacksonville seems like a good play. Yeah, if you can get underdog money for it, if you can actually get them at a good value underdog wise. I would definitely take that because, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to stay underdogs uh, as the, the books shift over the next couple of weeks. So um, mm-hmm. that's why we do these look-aheads, right? I mean, obviously, you yep. just you just pointed it out that you get better value if you can jump on it now because uh, we've, we've given out some good ones that have obviously shifted with the money going in the right direction for us. I don't think that we've given out one that's gone the wrong way. So I think we're so far knock on wood. We are undefeated on giving out value lines. So that's why you listen to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Every single day that we've got a show. In fact, it is every single day, right? I, I don't think other than Saturday and Sunday, uh, we get shows. Actually, I think on Saturday and Sunday, too. Yeah, uh, there's a show on Sunday to preview the Monday Night Football game. See? See, that's why you do it. That's why you do it. I know my, I live in my little corner of this one. <laughs> so I'm usually in, in NASCAR and CFL world otherwise in F1, but uh, I do yeah. love this Monday recap show because it's always fun to go over uh, what just happened and, and really just to give folks a chance to, to bet early and to bet often uh, on, mm-hmm. on good lines that are out there now. Yeah, no, that's why you come here. Uh, all right, well, I think we're about done. I think we've given out everything we need to give out this week uh, and then some. Uh, so I think it's time to, to wrap things up. Ryan, before we go, though, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? You guys can find me on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. Also in the Discord channel. Hit me up anytime you want to propose some bets, anything you think is good value. More than happy to always looking for an edge. So if you see a good value, hit me up. I'm more than happy to ride it out with you guys. I'm over at the college basketball experience here doing uh, previews with Colby as well. We'll be on the NBA gambling podcast as well here and there. So, but looking forward to another good show on Thursday with J Mark previewing this week six early games. If for nothing else, this SGPN world is so full of folks who are multi-sports 
speak fluent languages in every single aspect of the betting world. Ah, such a wealth of knowledge here. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez for a step down from that. Uh, there's so much uh, I got going on to uh, whether it's here, whether it's the CFL, uh, whether it's F1, NASCAR, whatever. It's all there in my Twitter profile at RJ Gomez. Uh, and we'll hear you from each other next Monday here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. So for Ryan, for me, for everybody here at the SGPN, thanks for listening. Let's have some fun this weekend. And of course, let it ride.